they get Chris Kunitz back for a game. Uh, I I, th- I think the Mighty Ducks have him firmly wrapped up. <laughs> oh, if you're telling me that, then maybe I'll... Uh, but fine, Nebraska-Omaha, we still could lose well, one. Well, I don't game. know anything about Nebraska-Omaha. I just don't trust this team. On th- we lost to Bowling Green on the road. Yeah. I mean, come on. We can lose to anybody on the road if we can lose to Bowling Green on they're, the road. They're, they're, a, they're a scoring team, so they'll have those nights where they, they explode for, for five goals, and it's tough to compete in that situation. It shouldn't but. be. Their goaltending's terrible. I saw that. Well, uh, yeah. Well, that was, that was their backup <laughs> playing. He had better stats. So yeah, the but the the their starting goal goaltender Horrell ha, has been playing pretty well since December. He had a couple of games where he played poorly, but I refuse I, to believe that anybody from England can be a competent hockey goalie. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point. <laughs> but looking at the uh, th- the projected NCAA Men's Division One tournament bracket right now, which you know the pairwise is out, so that you could they could try and figure these things out. USCHO is always right with these things. Right now. Uh, Michigan would be playing its uh, regionals in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Oh yeah! In oh. round one, oh. in round one, they would be playing North Dakota, <laughs> which plays in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yeah. So good. Wait, and also in the bracket would be Minnesota and Bemidji State. So there's no way in, we're getting in what state? Bemidji, Bemidji. State. They're not, they're not Blake's good. making up colleges again. <laughs> so my my question there is, if we're in North Dakota, are they gonna have like elk and deer as part of the food in the in the spread for the press box? Yes. All right, <laughs> then I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I I, that, I think that's enough hockey talk. So uh, let's switch to another topic. That being the end of the show. <laughs> so for everybody here in the studio, uh, I'm Steve Blake, saying good night and go blue. <laughs> This has been a production of WCBN Sports, 88.3 FM, Ann Arbor. And then right back to the Sierra. He will feed it to Cogliano. Cogliano with the shot on, he scores! Andrew Cogliano at the top of the far faceoff circle rips the shot that I don't think Dominic McCary saw and beats him over the left shoulder. Wolverines with another power play goal. They are back in front, 3-2. to two. WCBN in Ann Arbor. A square, y'all. This is Jake and Jake at WBCN. John Kidd. WCBN. WBCN. I'm from Ann Arbor, This is Free Speech Radio News for Monday, January 23rd, 2006. I'm Mitch Jezerich in Washington. In today's newscast, both President Bush and Deputy Director of National Intelligence Michael Hayden defend the domestic spying program. Kosovo's President Ibrahim Rugova died on Saturday, leaving a political vacuum as the Albanian government tries to negotiate for its independence. And the state of Washington considers a bill requiring new affordable housing to be built before existing low-income housing can be torn down. All these stories and more after these news headlines. I'm Shannon Young with the Free Speech Radio News Headlines. Canadians are voting today in a special election. Today's election comes after a no-confidence vote caused the collapse of Prime Minister Paul Martin's government last November. Opinion polls predict the Conservative Party will win by a comfortable margin. Evening and welcome to another edition of Grey Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and... uh, 
We'll be back in business with uh, Jim Dwyer in upcoming weeks uh, when we sort of formally agree to uh, which uh, weeks we're doing together. Anyway, uh, obviously, uh, big stories out of Detroit today regarding Ford, which uh, I don't think we'll really discuss tonight. We can maybe cover that in a future show. And the Super Bowl is coming to Detroit. Yeehaw. Um, I think that uh, I'll just briefly comment on this. Uh, the matchup this year uh, features two teams that, uh, frankly, are playing well right now, and uh, they got hot at the end of the season. I think it's up for grabs. I'm sure Pittsburgh is a slight favorite uh, due to the uh, stellar play lately of Roethlisberger, uh, Ben, who uh, maybe deserves the nickname The Snake. Uh, he had... A great performance yesterday and also a couple of uh, lucky breaks on some passes. But uh, the way to analyze uh, the Super Bowl is uh, remember that it's a pressure-cooked game. Uh, Usually the team that runs the ball best wins. That probably favors Seattle, actually. They have the MVP, Sean Alexander. But what it really comes down to, I think, are three factors. Uh, The play of the offensive line, the play of the quarterback, and cornerback play. Uh, because the cornerback, the cornerbacks allow the defense to blitz if they can cover man to man, and uh, the quarterback play, as we've seen in uh, the playoffs this year and pretty much all other years, is the determining factor. Quarterbacks that don't have time, and that relates to the offensive line, uh, are pressured, don't throw the ball well make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. So unfortunately, the Super Bowl sometimes doesn't live up to the hype, but I think that uh, this year's game is up for grabs, and uh, we'll see what happens. No predictions at the time. We'll uh, analyze the injury situation next week and uh, come up with our prediction next week. A couple of quick brain damage awards to give out, um, and then we'll sort of jump into the meat of our uh, show tonight, which is a book that I've been reading uh, regarding the uh, Martin Luther King assassination. Um, So I guess we'll start out with uh, President Bush. Uh, He was in Kansas today. It's interesting that after the uh, Osama bin Laden tape surfaced, audio tape this time, surfaced last week, the... uh, White House decided uh, this week would be a good week for the president to go out on the hustings and defend his uh, surveillance activity over the past several years. Interestingly, James Risen uh, was on Fresh Air today, and I occasionally listen to Fresh Air, but when I heard that he would be on, I decided to uh, tune in a little bit. His new book, State of War, The Secret History of the CIA and the Bush Administration, State of War, has already uh, catapulted up into the top 15 New York Times bestseller list in basically less than two weeks. And he had some interesting things to say about the program regarding uh, what it was all about and this interesting anecdote about uh, the fact that John Ashcroft and James Comey, who apparently was the assistant Attorney General during the Ashcroft regime uh, during the first Bush administration eventually began having concerns about the program, which according to Risen was reauthorized by the Attorney General 
and the president roughly every 45 days. Apparently, when Ashcroft was in getting gallbladder surgery, um, James Comey would not recertify the uh, program, and the Bush administration uh, dispatched uh, Andrew Card and Alberto Gonzalez, who seems to have his hands on more and more stuff, including the torture memos and this uh, very loose and liberal interpretation of the congressional resolution regarding uh, the authorization of force in which the administration is now falling back on to justify what they did uh, regarding this surveillance. Because the Congress has uh, sort of postponed hearings until next month, Arlen Specter, chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, will deal with this uh, next month. The Bush administration has decided to make a preemptive public relations campaign in conjunction with Osama bin Laden's audio tape. And without going into the authenticity of the tape or the timing of it, obviously uh, bin Laden... Um, was probably trying to assure the public, his followers, etc., that uh, he's still alive. Um, and the Bush administration has used this for its advantage. In response to the audio tape, uh, Scott McClelland on Friday made the following statement, and I'm paraphrasing regarding terrorism, he says, we put the terrorists out of business, quote-unquote. And I thought that this was an amazing statement of chutzpah because there's no evidence anywhere that the terrorists are out of business. In fact, they seem to be proliferating and growing in areas, as indeed a uh, front-page story in yesterday's Sunday Times by Carlotta Gall and uh, Mohammed Khan talk about the situation in Pakistan in the so-called um, Waziristan area where bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawari are alleged to be hiding. This, of course, is part of the area that was struck just recently by the CIA's drone, which seems to have killed some elements of al-Qaeda, but mainly uh, killed civilians, and we've seen huge protests in Pakistan as a result of that action. So these terrorists are not out of business. Um I don't know why any of the journalists uh, covering the press conference didn't uh, ask McClellan questions about terrorist attacks in Turkey, Indonesia, Madrid, London, etc., uh, to counteract this uh, foolish claim by McClellan. Um, Bush seems to have allowed al-Qaeda to expand, and indeed we've talked down here about the symbiotic relationship between bin Laden and Bush at times. Their own propaganda plays into each other, and uh, bin Laden, by the way, hasn't been using cell phones since 98. So this notion that uh, if this surveillance program, had been, eavesdropping program, had been in place um, uh, back in 2000, the attacks may have been prevented. Um, this is all sort of Monday morning quarterbacking, to say the least, and um, unanswered questions remain about what the Bush administration knew of al-Qaeda during the first seven months of their uh, rule here in the United States. But this uh, article in the New York Times details how the uh, al-Qaeda group has been 
gaining ground in the area and, in fact, stepping up attacks in Afghanistan. And it's interesting because, uh, well, there's a election in Canada today as we speak, and if uh, the pre-poll uh, uh, polls are correct, um, the conservatives are going to oust the Liberal Party and perhaps more military cooperation between Canada and uh, the United States will be forthcoming. The Canadian troops, by the way, are in Afghanistan. Getting back briefly to the eavesdropping uh, program, Bush today in Kansas said, if I wanted to break the law, why was I briefing Congress? And then he started giggling. <laughs> he sounded a little bit like one of those Beavis and Butthead characters. I can't keep track of uh, which one is which, but uh, Bush definitely resembles uh, one of those guys. So uh, we may have a new nickname for him in the future. Uh, it doesn't sound like Congress really was briefed. It sounds like Congress was sort of left out of the loop, and hence uh, Congress's interest in the hearings themselves. And then, interestingly, we also saw a uh, another public relations gambit uh, orchestrated by Alberto Gonzalez. Uh, he uh, seems to be the man everywhere. And this relates to the email uh, subpoenas that apparently many of our Internet providers uh, have cooperated with the government, but Google did not, and this made a big, this was a big story on Friday. Child pornography was the public justification for uh, these uh, broad subpoena requests by the Bush administration, but one wonders... Uh, Exactly what to what extent this eavesdropping program is uh, also involved in email, because as Ryzen pointed out on Fresh Air today, pattern analysis is part of the eavesdropping program in which calls, emails, etc. are monitored uh, for various uh, times, uh, places, and that sort of thing to create uh, patterns, so to speak, of um, Interests that allow the government to pursue these cases further. By the way, all me emails are saved. I uh, saw recently that I'm the only person at WCBN that doesn't have an email address. Hmm. I've always been skeptical of email uh, ever since uh, Oliver North uh, got nailed to the cross during the Iran-Contra affair. Jack Abramoff, Abramoff seems to also have been a prodigious emailer, uh, which may doom many in Congress. And oh, how interesting today that we now have photographs of President Bush meeting Jack Abramoff. The media, of course, has fumbled the ball on this one, um, trying to claim that this is a bipartisan scandal. It is not. Uh, the facts are that Jack Abramoff has only given money to Republicans. Now, indeed, Indian tribes have given some money to Democrats. But Abramoff, uh, the Abramoff scandal, uh, could uh, claim casualties uh, in the in the uh, House of Representatives, in particular, as the investigation expands. So eavesdropping is uh, certainly in uh, the news lately. And uh, just finally on this uh, story, uh, President Bush once again lied to the American people. And this isn't uh, unambiguous. This is something that was part of the uh, 2004 campaign. Bush said, quote, 
Now, by the way, anytime you hear that the United States government talking about wiretap, it requires, a wiretap requires a court order. I'm quoting here, by the way, this is Bush's garbled English. Nothing has changed, by the way. When we're talking about chasing down terrorists, we're talking about getting a court order before we do so. It's important for our fellow citizens to understand when you think uh, Patriot Act, constitutional guarantees are in place when it comes to doing what is necessary to protect our homeland because we value the Constitution. This, of course, was Bush's line during the 2004 presidential re-election campaign. And, of course, uh, all of those statements now prove to be inoperative as, as this eavesdropping um, program started uh, in the fall of 2001 and seems to have been greatly expanded by 2002. I'm going to uh, read the Ryzen book uh, in upcoming weeks, and we'll certainly talk more about this as the hearings in Congress uh, are um, undertaken. And uh, I suspect that uh, the uh, president's public relations gambit that will apparently continue for the rest of the week uh, will not uh, work all that well, though to gullible, ill-informed Americans about what the substance is of the eavesdropping program, um, you can rest assured that 9-11 will be revoked repeatedly as the justification for it. Uh, we need to know more about it. Or we need to know the details about who, if political figures were perhaps uh, surveilled or eavesdropped upon, uh, and whose email addresses the NSA and the CIA are watching. Uh, the only final thing that I'll say about James Risen's uh, appearance um, on uh, Fresh Air today was there was a very interesting revelation about a... Uh, program called Project Merlin, apparently in uh, 2000, a secret CIA program arranged for a defector, a Russian defector, to give Iran nuclear weapons blueprints that were uh, flawed. And somehow the Russian defector revealed uh, to the Iranian government that the blueprints were flawed and uh, noted that there were problems and that you may need more help uh, in correcting the blueprints. So this is very interesting, uh, given the fact that we now are hearing all of this uh, warmongering rhetoric about Iran and their nuclear program. Here we have the CIA giving uh, the Iranian government nuclear blueprints uh, to make weapons. Fake blueprints, but blueprints apparently that Iran knew were fake. And uh, the Iranians, of course, have used uh, Chinese and Russian nuclear engineers to um, tweak the fake blueprints and have also received um, plenty of uh, intelligence from Mr. Khan of Pakistan, our uh, alleged ally in the war on terrorism. So this is all very interesting um, that the United States would be involved in such a bizarre uh, program to help the Iranians acquire nuclear weapons, 
while we, of course, publicly condemn them for doing so and ignore uh, the fact that uh, Israel has these weapons and the diplomatic uh, problems with this are still uh, in the future. Uh, it's a little unclear where this is all going, but needless to say, oil prices in the last week have skyrocketed quite a bit. I think I was reading somewhere where oil has gone up more than 10, 10% in the first couple of weeks of January due to the uh, possible um, problems with sanctions against Iran, as well as uh, um, sabotage attacks that have been occurring in Nigeria uh, with respect to Shell's uh, oil production there. Nigeria is actually one of the biggest suppliers of American oil in terms of imported oil. I believe they rank fifth. Um, I'll have to check that out uh, for uh, future uh, and an upcoming show. Um, so it's very interesting. Now we also, uh, speaking of Russia and bizarre things that go on there, last night I was listening to the BBC and uh, <clears throat> Apparently a Russian uh, TV show that I uh, seem to have left my notes on this at home um, that basically is sort of one of these like 60 minutes kind of programs uh, set up a, a video uh, surveillance uh, lookout situation involving a fake rock in uh, Russia that apparently the British British embassy officials and a Russian um, civilian were exchanging uh, information uh, that is now being characterized as spying. Um, the British government has had very little to say about this, and I didn't hear any stories in the American media about this today, but um, this all struck me as... An incredibly amusing story, uh, almost like a James Bond sort of surrealistic spy spoof, if uh, nothing else. But this fake rock with uh, all sorts of electronic gadgetry apparently was designed to look heavier than it was. And it showed the Russian TV uh, people lifting the rock up and showing the wires. And, well, apparently this TV show monitored the rock for quite a while and noticed that British... Embassy personnel were going over there and uh, downloading wireless computer information into the rock. And uh, I was listening to all of this, and I just had to come up with uh, this uh, little uh, humorous uh, take on it. Uh, the British and Americans, of course, have, uh, I think, contributed equally to the brilliance of rock and roll as a music uh, format. So I will uh, read this uh, in honor of the British and Americans. Long live rock, Pete Townsend. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day. Kiss. We will, we will, we will rock you. Uh, Gary Glitter uh, famously heard at all the uh, sporting events here in America. I am a rock. I am an island. Paul Simon. No man is an island. No man stands alone. John Dunn. Rock and roll hoochie coo. Rick Derringer. And how about roll over Beethoven? 
Chuck Berry. And I say that uh, humorously in honor of the uh, anniversary regarding the birth of Mozart. So we'll uh, find out more about this fake rock uh, that uh, apparently the British and a Russian civilian seem to have a very intimate relationship with. And, of course, uh, George Bush has yet to assure the American public that he did not have an intimate relationship with Jack Abramoff. Now, um, one other little quick update, and I guess I've sort of squandered away much of the show already and uh, have not gotten to MLK, so maybe we'll talk about uh, him next week instead, because I I did want to devote a a solid 20 minutes to that. Um, The New Nation is out, the uh, February 6th edition of The Nation, that uh, has an alternative State of the Union. That's basically the feature of their uh, edition. And a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that uh, there's been a new study regarding the cost of the war in Iraq. It's a little blurb in the in fact uh, section regarding this and I'll just read this it says remember when the White House economic advisor Lawrence Lindsay was sacked for predicting that the Iraq war would cost up to 200 billion dollars and neocons embedded in the administration were airily saying oh uh, a year of Iraq's oil revenues will pay for the whole show two years later the bill keeps rising Congress has appropriated $250 billion thus far for military operations, but the real costs will go much higher, according to two recent independent studies. They estimate that the total dollar price for Bush's war, assuming that it continues into 2015, at more than a trillion dollars. The studies by Scott Walston, a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute and Nobel Prize uh, winning economist Joseph Stieglitz with uh, Linda Biomes of Harvard include the value of each military and civilian life, the expense of lifetime care for thousands of disabled vets, lost productivity reserves, and more. The papers can be ac- accessed on The Economist Voice, a web journal, www.blah.com. B press, that's B E press dot com slash E V. So check that out. Um, by the way, the and more part are the uh, interest costs associated with the fact that the United States um, has gone heavily into debt to pay for this war. Uh, not an unprecedented event in American history. The last one, of course, was the Vietnam War. Consequences of the Vietnam War, by the way, were uh, rising interest rates in the 1970s and stagflation and um, a downturn in the value of the American dollar. In fact, the run on the dollar in Europe in the late uh, 60s led to America going off the gold standard, Uh, the French, British, And Germans, interestingly, are allies in the uh, diplomatic effort to uh, isolate Iran, were three of the countries that were cashing in dollars uh, for gold, uh, because back then, between 1944 and 1971, roughly, 
America was on the Bretton Woods uh, economic model in which uh, a dollar, uh, basically gold, we were on the so-called gold standard, uh, in which uh, $35 could be cashed in for an ounce of gold. Well, gold is now uh, trading up near $550. So uh, the Europeans, of course, acquired a great deal of wealth as a result of America not paying for its war. And if you go back and you check the beginning of deficit financing of the federal government for ongoing day-to-day operations, it really started at the end of the uh, Vietnam War, the 69 period henceforth. And uh, every year since 1969, the United States has run deficits, uh, with the exception of a few Clinton years. And these deficits, by the way, are much higher uh, in reality than the government uh, advertises. Uh, This is because Social Security, which is actually in surplus, uh, loans the government, uh, I think last year it was roughly $180 billion to finance its ongoing operations. So when the government says that the deficit is $425 billion, in fact, it's actually $600 billion. And some of these numbers are, are staggeringly high under the Bush administration. And uh, this is one of the hidden costs of the war uh, in Iraq that these economists are dealing with. And just the fact that we have already appropriated $251 billion for the war in Iraq is uh, proof that the Bush administration had no clue what it was doing. We've learned, of course, since um, the occupation that the oil revenue from Iraq has not paid uh, for these costs. In fact, one of the troubling things about America's uh, initial government, its so-called the government that Paul Bremer headed um, in basically from May of 2003 until June of 2003, 